Welcome to the ESPN Player College Football Gridiron Podcast. I'm here, Simon Clancy, along with my colleague Matthew Sherry. We are in downtown Chicago this week, uh, not separate rooms. We're next to each other, which is a, uh, a wonderful thing for you, dear listener. We shared are, a bed last night? I mean, didn't really. Top to toe, rather than shared the bed, because that would have been slightly more weird than I was uh, acceptable level for me. Matthew was all over it, but anyway, that's another story, another podcast, frankly. Um, we will get to... A massive weekend of college football action. Some fantastic games. Number one against number three, Alabama LSU. Kentucky against Georgia. Up and down the schedule this week, there are terrific games. But first, the college football rankings, the playoff rankings, the official rankings came out on Tuesday evening. All part of a big singing and dancing ESPN show fronted by Reese Davis and Kirk Herbstreet. The top 25 is here. We will give it to you in a sec if you haven't seen it. We won't talk about the entire 25, but what we'll do is we'll nail and drill down on the... Uh, on the top uh, 10, 12, and look at the sort of the one anomalous team that's sort of sat outside the top 10 that can feel pretty hard done by, at least if you are a member of the uh, University of Central Florida Knights. Let's go 25 down to 10 then. 25 is the University of Virginia, obviously beat the University of Miami. Iowa State, nobody wants to see uh, Matt Campbell's team on their schedule. Fresno State, terrific uh, season for the team out on uh, out on the West Coast. Nobody sees them because obviously they, they usually play late at night on the East Coast, but but playing well. Boston College, 6-2. and two. They've, they've regained their form after some, some jitters. A.J. Dillon playing really well again now that he's healthy. NC State, never a, an easy team to play against. Lot to look forward to for Jimbo Fisher. I think it takes Saint Matt at number twenty-five and three. They've had a decent season. Pushed Clemson very hard. Almost beat uh, beat Kentucky. The, the the only team to, to have beaten Kentucky this season. Syracuse six and two again had a good season. Although obviously the victory against Florida State is is slightly demeaned, but took Clemson down to the pretty much the last play of the game. Mississippi State back in form. Nick Fitzgerald playing well, and they finally found a mix of what works on on offense and with the run and the pass. University of Texas. We'll, we'll talk about them in in a bit more detail. They fell and knocked themselves out of the playoff race with defeat at Oklahoma. State at the weekend um, Texas are not back Matt are they? No absolutely not um, I we were bought into the narrative a little bit but we're to, we're to blame a little bit yeah we? absolutely I mean me and you just react to things so high and low <laughs> week to week that um, one minute they are and they're not but, um, you do me not so much I think you're, you're also actually but um, I, I just don't think Texas are actually that talented and and it's not I'd, I'd, I'd made clear I'm not a huge fan of, of Tom Herman the guy but I actually think he's doing quite a nice job now and this this to me should still be looked at a season of progress for Texas but um, yeah I think a couple more recruiting classes away from, from really mixing it in and around the uh, the top 10 Iowa at 16 are a team that's flying under a lot of radars Nate Stanley playing well at quarterback what, what do you think about the Hawkeyes? I, I, I think they might be the best team in that side of the Big Ten Um the, the the problem they've got now though is that they lost a tight game to Penn State in the in the week just gone and they actually lost a tight game in Madison to Wisconsin. Um but Wisconsin seem a little bit dumpster fiery at the moment. So I think they can win that side of that side of the division. I mean the, the key is gonna be knocking off Northwestern who just continue to be incredible in Big Ten play. I mean the are they unbeaten or have they got one no they've got one loss one to loss. Michigan and in a game that Michigan had to come back at the end and win so not that that's a bad loss either that, it, it's a really weird season because Northwestern have, have, have that's been their season they've been great in Big Ten play bad in non-conference stuff but it, it all adds up to them being the favourite to, to reach the Big Ten championship game the, right 15th, now. the 15th ranked team is a team I don't think we've mentioned once during this season and, and the Utah Utes are having a terrific season sat at 6-2 and two, the 15th ranked team in the country one behind Penn State one above Iowa 
led by Zach Moss, the six foot two, two hundred and fifteen pound junior running back, who's had nine hundred and sixty four yards rushing this season already, and was in my top five this week as uh, on our Heisman list. What, what do you think of the Utes? How, how do you think? Do you think the teams, especially if you're not Washington or Stanford, uh, and maybe Colorado, but really Washington, Stanford, and Oregon? are essentially dismissed if you play on the West Coast and if you play in the Pac-12 because you, nobody, like I said earlier, nobody sees you play on the East Coast. You're playing at sort of 2 a.m. East Coast time oftentimes. Nobody really sees it. Nobody really cares. It's Utah. Nah. Do you think they're hard done by yeah, the I, I think, Utah? Yeah, I think they're hard done by by the fact that Utah, but I think mainly they're hard done by by the fact that uh, in, in its history, I'm not sure the Pac-12 has ever been as down in terms of the national idea on them than it is right now because Stanford getting sma- Oregon getting smashed at yeah that, that, that's a brutal blow because frankly Oregon have looked the best team in that conference for the majority of the year and Washington State are now coming on strong but Washington State and similar to, the, to Utah you, you're just waiting for the, the week where it doesn't click and Washington State seem to have those weeks every season I remember last year I think there were there were 7-8 at the start and they, and they got absolutely annihilated by Cal in a game that nobody anticipated that they would lose so the Pac-12 is now in a position where it needs to prove itself again over the coming years because everybody's down on it and rightfully so Carl Whittingham is the University of Utah head coach he's been at Utah since 1994 in terms of position coach defensive line they moved to the, the, the secondary linebackers secondary again linebackers and then has been head coach since 2005 we talked earlier in the season about underrated college football coaches his his record at Utah is is something fairly really 117-58 and 11-1 and in bowl games which is pretty decent for a, a an under the radar team and B a really under the radar coach I mean he's been coach of the year one two three four times and so, nobody ever talks about about for job for major jobs or any of that kind of thing it's uh it's bizarre, isn't it? Because he's doing an outstanding. But job. I think that again comes back to your point. It's, it becomes out of sight, out of mind, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, if he's coaching, you know, even even one of these lower teams in Florida on the East Coast, and they're in that five pm window every week, I think a lot more people are, are talking about him for big jobs. And you look at some of the coaches that have worked under him. I mean, not massive names, but Gary Anderson at Utah State, Norm Chow obviously at Hawaii, um, and Kalani Sataki, the BYU coach, who, who obviously had that great win against uh, a great Wisconsin. win against Wisconsin earlier in the season. So you know, in terms of a coaching tree, he's putting you know he's putting decent coaches out into college football. Anyway, fourteen Penn State. We shall be uh, we shall be seeing Penn State this weekend, which we'll get to later on. We'll be at the Big House to watch Michigan against the Nittany Lions. Number thirteen is West Virginia. West Virginia, who do you think that West Virginia are ranked where they are and are as hyped as they were? Because they have a Heisman candidate quarterback yeah. and an NFL, a likely NFL top 60 quarterback in Will Greer. Yeah, I, do. actually, I don't think they're actually a very good team. No, and I mean, I think they're the team, they've still got um, Texas and Oklahoma on the schedule, I think. And and I think that those are the games that'll, that'll show what they really are. Because that, they've not been impressive for weeks now, are they? I mean, they started the season like a train and ran into some, some teams in tough spots like Tennessee in week. I think it was week one uh, who was, yeah. are, are, a, are a big big money program but actually not a good program that Jeremy Pruitt inherited in the start of that reign so I think they had a, an easy start and, and it's now catching up with them right this is where it gets interesting then let's let, let's focus in a little bit more then on the top 12 and we start at 12 with UCF the Golden Knights unbeaten 7-0 and they're now unbeaten for essentially a season and a half uh, at least back end of last season obviously they had that stunning victory against Auburn um, they claimed their own portion of the national championship which you know obviously doesn't really count but um, you know they claimed it and 
they're entitled to do so. They haven't beaten. I mean, they're they're damned by their strength of schedule, aren't they? They're, yeah. They're one. I mean, two of their issues, I suppose. The game against North Carolina was cancelled, and whilst North Carolina aren't a great side, it's a decent name to have on your on your resume. The one interesting game is the is the defeat of Pittsburgh. They beat they beat Pittsburgh and they beat them very comfortably. If you look at Pittsburgh against Notre Dame, Pittsburgh lost nineteen fourteen to Notre Dame. Very tight game. We're leading for much of that. But then you look at the game against Penn State. Pittsburgh lost by forty five, and and really that's where the the UCF argument falls down, doesn't it? Because if your strongest team is getting beaten by 45 points by a team who's ranked two places behind you in the playoff rankings it's going to be difficult for them to get you know they're only really going to make a statement in a bowl game aren't they when they get when they get exactly, exactly when the they same as last year an Ohio State or an Oklahoma and potentially beat them the, and, but the the tricky one with UCF I mean they've also got a game against Memphis which who aren't yeah. a great team where they really struggled to beat them I think they beat them 31-30 at the end yeah. so <laughs> The problem is the committee really can't take last season into account because I actually thought that the Auburn win in the bowl game give that whole thing credibility, but you can't judge this season based on last season. I wonder if they'd be slightly higher if Scott Frost was still there. Maybe. I, I feel like I feel like that gives them gives them a bit more credibility because it's his program for two not, years. Not but, what's happening? Yeah, in Nebraska, Nebraska. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah. I, I think it's right to be honest. I think it, I can understand why they'd be frustrated. It's it's the biggest argument yet for the eighteen playoff. I think because it would be great to see them in there, but there's no way they're going to make it. The, the, the problem, I suppose, the problem with the eighteen playoff if they get into it is if they get smashed in the first game, and then everybody says we knew we shouldn't have had an eighteen playoff. We only did it to let them in, and then they couldn't compete. Yeah, maybe, but. I, I just like yeah, that's, the, that's a devil's advocate argument. Yeah, yeah. That they would I, get beaten, I, but I just like the idea of an eighteen playoff in which yeah. one of the teams is a non-power five. So eleven, the University of Florida, who had a statement game and could have kept them in the playoff race, and they lost to Georgia. And uh, listen, it, it's no, it, it's no shame to be beaten by Georgia, and certainly not in the first year of the Dan Mullen um, tenure, because um, they are going to be competing for national champions championships for a long time under him. He's one of the best coaches in college football. Uh, and once they get a, a really good quarterback and, and they can move on from Felipe Franks, they will be fine, won't they? I mean, it's a, they're, 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 it's certainly arrow up for the University of Florida. Yeah, without doubt. Arrow sort of shaky, really. And, and I think this is where a lot of people were concerned. Not concerned, but this I think this is where the most shock was, really, on on Tuesday's announcement, was that Ohio State are down at 10. They're 7-1. and one. They have a couple of decent wins, statement wins. Penn State, obviously. TCU at the time looked a, a good win, although that's fallen away fairly fairly strongly since then. The defeat to unranked Purdue, and it wasn't just a defeat, it was a hammering. Yeah, it's the nature of the Purdue. defeat. That, that's the thing that's hurting them so badly, isn't it? Yeah, um, you, you can lose games. You can't get absolutely annihilated against a but team who aren't yeah. ranked. I mean, I, I get that there was emotion in that building. It was a prime-time game, but... But also, I mean, you also can't let some of the teams that you've let hang with you all. Yeah, I mean, there's no way that you should be in a tight game against Minnesota when you're at Ohio State. So, absolutely right for me. And frankly, if they played Florida tomorrow, who were ranked below them, I would be back in Florida every every time. One of the best games of the week this weekend. Sorry, I've just put a piece of chewing gum in my mouth. One of the best games of the weekend this weekend is essentially a battle for the uh, an SEC division battle, isn't it? It's yeah. the t- it's the t- SEC. Uh, that's the East title game. Title game. Yeah. No, trying to get my words out. Between Kentucky and Georgia. Um, Kentucky are ranked number nine. Uh, to me, the, the Mark Stoops story, the Kentucky story, has been the best story in college football this season, I think. Uh, and another team that we'll talk about in the top ten. 
just because of what they've been able to do. Defensively led by Josh Allen, who is an outstanding, outstanding um, defensive end slash outside linebacker, who'll be a high first round pick next year. Somebody, you know, in terms of the, our NFL teams, I think both of us would love to have a Josh Allen on our um, on our team, and we don't mean the the, the really bang average <laughs> quarterback from Wyoming. Um, if Kentucky to beat Georgia this weekend, they're going to need to keep it close, aren't they? Because Terry Wilson is not the sort of quarterback that you want chasing a game. Um, despite the fact that he brought them back in that ridiculous finish against Memphis at the weekend, Missouri, drive, uh, Missouri at the weekend, sorry, driving eighty-one yards, six six passes, completed all of them, and then the the pass, the ridiculous pass interference call in the end zone, which meant an untimed down at the end of the game, which they completed for a touchdown to win fifteen fourteen. What do you think about Kentucky? What do you think about a season? What do you think about Benny Snell? What do you think about the ability to hang with? I mean, this is the biggest game for Kentucky since 1950 when they won the SEC when Bear Bryant was head coach. Yeah. I mean, put that into context. And what will Lexington be like this week? Because it will be absolutely incredible. And that, it, that stadium on Saturday night will be absolutely jumping. It'll be an atmosphere the likes of which the, the majority of people inside the stadium have never experienced inside that stadium. I mean, it's going to be... It's going to be it's going to be epic, and and I mean the interesting part about this week is I, I would say usually that this is the kind of game where a team like Ten- Kentucky gets shown for what they are against a true powerhouse team, and and we've seen Snell has been bottled up a little bit the last couple of weeks, he but, didn't but play, he didn't play much of the last two drives. No, absolutely, but 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 actually, anyway, the, the coach essentially took him out of the game because of a penalty, didn't he? So. Mm. So they, they kind of proved something to themselves there, but this is a Snell game. I mean, Georgia can be run upon. If if there's one thing that you can do against this Georgia team, we saw that the LSU formula in, in Baton Rouge in the way that they beat them is actually, for all I think Kentucky's style of football is very limited, this is the kind of team that it might work against, as in a real powerhouse team. You're at home, they can be run upon, and 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 you think for that reason that Kentucky have the ability to keep it close. I mean, I think Jake, Jake Fromm had a really nice bounce-back yeah, game against a great defence last week, so so I would still give a big edge to Georgia, but I, I don't think this is... Usually these kind of games happen, the Cinderella story runs into the true elite team, and, and, and it, it ends there, but I do give Kentucky a little bit of a chance this week. I think if they can keep it close, they can control the ball with, uh, with, with Benny Snell, um, I think they've got a chance. I, I don't think they'll win. And, and like you say, Jake Fromm looked like a high first-round quarterback again. Um, and he's had a, he's actually had a really good season. When he would he take it as a whole, I think the one letdown was the there was a defeat against LSU where he didn't play very well, and people were calling for Justin Fields and uh, and wrongly I think because I think he's the fifth fifth ranked quarterback in the country. Certainly in the FBS. And you're allowed to have bad games in environments like Baton Rouge against teams like LSU. I mean, it happens to, to everybody, really. The eighth-ranked team is uh, is my other team of the season, really, in a way. In that, uh, and I suppose part of it comes from the fact that you and I have a, have a sort of man crush on their head coach. Um, the fact that really and truly they should be eight and one, uh, they should be eight and zero oh because they're defeated. And we're talking about Washington State here, and we've slagged off the Pac-12 much of the season, and, and all of a sudden the the Cougars have just sort of um, slid under the radar, really, and 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 now it's kind of time to sit up and take notice. I think, and I think some people were surprised that they were ranked that high, given that they've not had a massive 
you know, there, there, there's been good wins, but there's not really been a statement victory. I, I mean, I think the Oregon one was. I know they were yeah. at home, but, you know, it's easy to start assessing things in hindsight. The reality is Oregon had just come off a, a huge late win again against Washington. Oregon at that point had only lost one game, which was the ludicrous one against Stanford that they should never have lost. And, and yeah, Oregon were bad last week, but how much of that was because the... The behind fell out of their season when they lost to Washington State, and that's difficult to pick yourself back up from. I think, I think we judge it in the totality of what teams do. When actually, you need to you need to have a little bit of nuance in there and, and, and assess that Oregon were well up for that game. Washington State went in and won. And actually, you know, Stanford are not a bad football team. Going in and beating Stanford after after the high of beating Washington in that game, Washington State in that sorry beating Oregon in that game. Is 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 a good result. I mean, that's the kind of game you've just beaten. You've just beaten Oregon in that huge game. Stanford are exactly the kind of team that you don't want to play because they're going to be well coached. I mean, it's not a typical Stanford team, but they're always going to be a tough challenge. So I, I give them credit for this week's win as well. I mean, you look at who they've beaten. They've beaten Utah, who were beating up just a minute ago. Obviously, they thrashed Wyoming, thrashed San Jose State. You'd expect them to do thrash Eastern Washington. Um, we'll get to the defeat in a sec. Oregon State, they beat by t- 19 points. Uh, Oregon by two touchdowns. And then the Stanford game at the weekend. They've got to play Cal, Colorado, Arizona. And then they finish, the, uh, I suppose the big game for them will be the, the, the final game of their regular season against Washington, which will be, be huge. And if they win that, then they're making a case for themselves. They're making a case yeah, for and, and they're also another massive argument for the 18 playoff. Because yeah. I would love Washington, Washington State to be in the playoff this year. So I think, think they're a team that are very different. It would add a totally different element to, to whatever game they're in. And unfortunately... With the weight shaking out with Notre Dame, I, I just don't see them getting in, and that's a bit of a disappointment. We'll talk about Notre Dame in a minute because I think there's yeah, a I think they've got a chance this week. Um, their defeat, Washington State's defeat, Wazoo's defeat came against USC, and essentially, if you didn't see it, Port Augustine, the USC linebacker, was called for a t- well, wasn't called for a for a t- arguably the worst hit I've seen in college football this season on on Gardner Minshew, the very impressive senior quarterback transfer quarterback at, at Washington State. It was a helmet to helmet, vicious headshot which should have given them first and goal at the 10. It wasn't called. It, it led to a... They essentially... It was fourth down. They, they had a field goal there that was blocked, uh, and they lost the game. It, it would have sent it to, to overtime. They would have had a first down at the 10-yard ten yard, ten yard line with enough time to win the game. Yeah. Um, and they're realistically not going to get uh, you know, miss a, a field goal. Um, so the worst case scenario would have, would have been they got to overtime. So they very well could be 8-0. Washington State, Mike Leach, you know, we eulogise about him most weeks. Great coach, great guy. Um, it will be very interesting to see how that plays out. But winners of the pack, you know, winners of the pack twelve, it's going to be hard to keep them out, regardless of what happens with uh, elsewhere, because of the, you know, they're a power five conference, and and that does count for something. Right into the top seven, Oklahoma at seven, quietly under the radar. Um, you know, one defeat all season. It came by three points on a last second field goal to one of your two or three biggest rivals on a neutral field. Uh, you know, we know about their defensive frailties. I was Although their defense is, is looking a little better. Yeah. They've given up less than 300 yards the last two weeks, which, I mean, I can't ever remember an Oklahoma team doing that. Well, so. they also sacked the defensive yeah. coordinator after um, after uh, the defeat to Texas, brought in uh, Lincoln Riley's old friend, um, Rustin... Um, Anyway, him. Uh, he was with East Carolina. Um, and Kyler Murray's still playing Heisman Trophy winning caliber football. So they've, you know, despite the loss of Rodney Anderson, they've, they, they, they're they still rolling. They've still got it going. Probably uh, a conference championship game in, in Jerry World. 
against who do you think they would go up against because Texas have kind yeah, of yeah, their copybook uh, I mean I, I still think Texas have the inside track I'm trying to think who else in that I, I think Texas would beat West Virginia and therefore be the team and the yeah, I can't think of the team I'm missing Oklahoma State I mean, I think te- and it's that game this weekend isn't it it's, yeah. it's uh, Texas against West Virginia and I don't think West Virginia can live with Texas so I think ultimately we will see um, the that would be a great re- repeat game as well yeah. although I think Oklahoma will win significantly comfortably yeah and, and then how do you leave them out well if you've avenged your only loss it will be tough. interesting Georgia so we talked about Georgia Jake from back uh, the game against Kentucky this weekend uh I suppose the question for me is how much of an how much of an anomaly was the defeat to LSU? Was it just that LSU are a really really great team? Was it just that collectively they all got out of bed the wrong day? Notably, Jake from it remains to be seen. But you know, we shall. I mean, they're still in with a shout, aren't they? But they need things now to go their way because of that defeat to LSU. Yeah, I, I think Georgia will lose one more game, one way or another. Right. I mean, and, and it probably will be against Bama in the in the SEC championship game. I feel like Georgia. I, sometimes you look at teams and think, and to be fair, I once thought this about Ohio State and they won the national championship. But you think they're a year away, and I think that with Georgia, they've got a lot. These recruiting classes that Kirby Smart's had now are starting to litter in these young players. And I feel like, see, it's not quite at the Alabama level yet because they don't have that five, six, seven years of great recruiting classes. They have just the the couple of years under Kirby Smart. So I, I think they're a couple of, I think they're a season away. I think Georgia next year are going to be incredible, but I don't think they'll get in this year. What I think is interesting about Georgia-Kentucky is that I could see Kentucky beating Georgia this weekend. But I could see Kentucky losing the SEC title game by 40. Yeah, absolutely. But I could see Georgia winning this game and then keeping it incredibly tight in the SEC title. Do you see what I mean? I yeah, see- I mean, it's just it's knowledge as well, isn't it? I mean, nobody knows Nick Saban better than Kirby Smart. So, And that that is huge. Certainly when you get to the, the level of those games where there's elite talent on both sides of the, both sides of the field, um, then it, it levels it out. We essentially are talking about the... The, the games coming up this weekend last weekend's games and uh, doing it through the, the medium of the, uh, of the top 25 the, the college football playoff rankings that were released on Tuesday night on ESPN this is the ESPN player college football gridiron show with myself Simon Clancy Matt Sherry we will tell you before we go off about where you can pick up ESPN player and the sorts of things that will, will be available for you to view let us hit the all important top 5 there's my alarm to wake me up to go and see the city of Chicago um, and I shall turn that off um, number five, your team, the team we are going to see tomorrow when we go to the big house to have a look, and then on Saturday as they play uh, Trace McSorley and Penn State, the University of Michigan, who, after the early defeat to Notre Dame that we've talked about in terms of you know early season defeats, you can pretty much afford one. That defeat now looks stronger and stronger and stronger because Notre Dame, as you'll find out in a sec, uh, if you haven't seen the rankings, are one place higher in fourth and unbeaten at 8-0. Michigan, to me, would seem like... I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I, I was about to make this big pronouncement. I think Michigan give Alabama yeah. a really good game. I do as well. I think LSU give Alabama a really good game. And I think if Travis Etienne, T. Higgins and Trevor Lawrence, who will all be astonishingly good, and the only reason they might not give Alabama the great game is because they're all younger players, yeah. especially Lawrence and Higgins. I think Notre Dame would get blown out by Alabama... 
I think Michigan might be the team that Nick Saban fears the most because of the diversification of that offense in terms of, you know, they've got receiver talent, Donovan Peoples-Jones, players like that. You've obviously got Shea Patterson who can run and you've got Karan Higdon and Chris Evans uh, who can move the ball um, big offensive line and then a really really good defence especially in that front seven so what Tua Tungavailoa hasn't had on you know really on any level this season and may get in Baton Rouge at the weekend but really hasn't been pressured in terms of being hit consistently and he will get that with Chase Winovich he will get that with Rashan Gary he'll get that with blitzes from, from Devin Bush at linebacker etc etc I think Michigan are a danger to all of those teams in the top four which we'll get to in a sec do you think though that they will end up on the outside looking in because do you think let's say for example this weekend Alabama beat LSU 1918 or 2120 in an absolute barn burner that comes down to the last second LSU might not get knocked out because of what they've done they've beaten three teams already that were in the uh, so yeah, if Michigan don't lose another game I, th- I think they're in except for one scenario and this is why they need to support Alabama this weekend if LSU beat Alabama this oh, weekend, it's, it's, then Alabama are definitely in the playoff. Like the, the best thing that can happen to Alabama this weekend is losing because there is no way a one-loss Alabama team gets left out. If they lose this weekend, they're almost certainly not in the SEC championship, championship game, game. Therefore, they can't which, lose again. Which all it does is gives them an extra bye week. Yeah. Um, and, and if that happens, then, then you would think that LSU or Georgia gets in on the strength of winning the SEC championship. Clemson, Notre Dame, if they hold serve, they're in. And and that is how Michigan end up getting left out. I don't think that'll happen because I think Alabama will win this week. Um, I think Michigan over the last four weeks have, played, have been the best team in college football. Um, what they're doing to quarterbacks is insane. I mean, decent quarterbacks at, at elite programs are being held to about a 30% completion percentage at the moment. It's absolutely insane how good that defence is. And here's the big thing about Michigan. If I'd have said to you at the start of the season, name Michigan's five most important players, two of them would have been Rashan Gary and Tariq Black. Black has played one snap all year, which was in the last game, and he did. In fact, he didn't play the snap. He came on the field and then went back off after a timeout. Rashan Gary hasn't played for multiple weeks. Those two guys are coming back. There's a good chance Tariq Black plays and starts this week. Gary, I don't think he'll be back this week, but I think could be back for Ohio State. And that's a team that I've just said I think have been the best team in college football the last three or four weeks. That's how good and talented Michigan is. I I genuinely believe Michigan would pulverise Notre Dame if they played them again. I think that was just a perfect situation for Notre Dame. Michigan would... a new quarterback, a new offensive, a new offensive blocking scheme, and it really looked ugly in that week one. But if they played tomorrow on on any field, including in South Bend, I think Michigan would win. They're not going to play in South Bend again for the rest of the season because their final three games are all on the road. Two of which I think are upset specials um, because I too have uh, have concerns about Notre Dame. And I think it starts this weekend in Evanston against a really good Northwestern Which side. is a stone's throw from where we're at Absolutely. right now. Uh, I think Northwestern... I also think Syracuse, 19th rank, uh, 22nd ranked Syracuse, can, can, give them, can give them trouble as well on the road in, uh, in the Carrier Dome. I think that last week of the season, the middle game against Florida State should be a, a, absolutely a walk Syracuse pass. is actually at Yankee Stadium. Oh, is it Yankee Stadium? Which will be an awesome atmosphere yeah. as well. Um, but I think that I, I think Notre Dame are, you know, and obviously being an independent, they won't play in a, uh, a championship game. 
So they have three games left now until the end of the season. I think um, there's a defeat in there for the Irish, who are ranked number four. Discuss. They can't afford it either. No, like, one defeat. I, I think everybody. I, I don't think anybody massively wants not redeem in the playoff. No. So. I think if they lose, it's over. And and I think the state of the national title game a few years ago is a reason for that. Because Notre Dame went unbeaten a few years ago, played Alabama in probably the most one-sided national championship game in recent memory. So I agree. But the problem is they are upset alerts, but they're still not good upset alerts in terms of... There's no game where you're not thinking that they should be favoured by double digits. I mean... I do think North. I have a feeling Northwestern are going to beat them this weekend, and I hope they do, because frankly, any of these teams we've mentioned, be it Oklahoma, Washington State, Michigan, are a million and ten thousand percent more interesting than Notre Dame. The Week One victory over Michigan is it, the only thing that that's stopped the game yeah. from being maybe ranked twelve. Yeah, because actually, you look at the rest of the you know, Ball State; they beat Vanderbilt by five. Um, they beat Wake Forest. The, the Stanford defeat, as impressive as it was at the time, now really looks yeah, very, very all. average. You know, they beat Virginia Tech, who lost to Old Dominion. They beat Pittsburgh by five, and we talk, just talked about Pittsburgh in relation to UCF, having lost by 45 to Penn State. They beat Navy. Um, yeah, they, they are the one... Um, they are the one anomaly for me. I mean, and it's, I'm not, we're not criticising Notre Dame for if there's any Notre Dame fans listening because they've done everything right. Oh, I mean, they're, they're shed- what's in front of you. Yeah, and their schedule is loaded. I mean, it, you, you can't tell me that when they picked these games that thought Florida State and USC were going to be yeah. absolute junk, which they are. So, so you can't criticise them for it. And ultimately, they got the job done in that week one game against Michigan that is really holding their whole season up. But... I think from the perspective of wanting two great semi-finals and a, and a great CFP um, national championship game, we we would I, I certainly would like to see Notre Dame lose a game. Are LSU the best team in college football this season, given what they've done? Um, no, I think that Alabama and Clemson are, um, and and I, Clemson I say now based on. Along with Michigan, I think the last three weeks, Clemson have also been outstanding. If they, it feels like they've turned the corner. Yeah. They've, they've, they've had their their early season hiccups, and, and Trevor Lawrence is, has thrown for 300 yards now in back-to-back weeks, and their defensive line looks awesome. I mean, Dexter, Dexter Lawrence is is playing as well as any defensive I mean, player in college the football. Defensive line were, the defensive line were running in touchdowns at the weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with, I think Lawrence was the lead blocker for... Um, was it Clothing Ferrell or one of the one of the interior guys w- w- was scoring a touchdown on a sort of William Perry uh, uh, fullback kind of draw? It was uh, it was great to see LSU uh, again. I, I think it, a close defeat this weekend keeps them in the top four. I don't. Do you know what if no. they lose by point? I mean, given who they've I mean, beaten. Well, do, do you do, do you against who? I mean, the, the, if Michigan beat Penn State, that means three games in a row they've beaten Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Penn State. But if they lose by one point to the number one team in the nation, it's more the it's not it's not that result that'll do it though, is it? It's the it's the disappointing nature of the Florida loss that'll do it. I mean, at the end of the day, if you compared schedule to Michigan, Michigan have as many top twenty five wins at the end of the week, and their losses against unbeaten Notre Dame. I mean, are you it, saying it's it depends? Michigan hat on though. No, I don't think I am. I mean, I think I'm saying it from a from a resume standpoint. I mean, Michigan would have top twenty five wins, and their only loss would be to a should Notre Dame hold safe an unbeaten Notre Dame team, and and I just don't see how two loss LSU can be in in, in those circumstances. Clemson, 
how good do you think Clemson are? I think do that, you think, as we discussed earlier on, do you think that the youth at the critical positions will be the one thing that ultimately lets them down? See, I, I think Clemson also, you could make that argument are a year away, but actually I think they're just a little bit better than Georgia. So I think Clemson can beat Alabama. I, I, I think the two teams that can beat Alabama right now are Clemson and Michigan. Okay, I, I really do. Because it, it needs to start on defence against this Alabama team. And... And 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 those two defenses are absolutely awesome. So they, those are the two teams I'm desperate to see in the playoff because I think they can knock, they can knock Bammer off. So I think it's it's improving and heading in the right direction for Clemson. They are young, but I'm not quite sure in the same way I am with Georgia that they're here away. I think they could win it this year. Final question, really, before we just have a very brief touch upon uh, one or two of the games this weekend. Um, do you think Alabama will be? Uh, Worried by the fact that they've not been tested and they will be tested. You know, they're eight games, really nine weeks into the season. They've not been tested at all. They don't know. Nick Saban doesn't know what his team will do when another team comes at them. That you know, Tua Tungavaloa hasn't thrown an interception, which is ridiculous. Twenty-five touchdowns, but he does put the ball in harm's way a little bit. He does. He's never played in the fourth quarter. Would the fact that you know, and also they're relying on so many young players, Jerry Judy, Quinn, and Williams. Tonga Bailoa, all these Najee Harris. Do you wonder whether or not there's a concern that when push comes to shove in the fourth quarter and it's tight and they're like, we've not been in this situation before. I know yeah. that they won the national championship game last year, but they came from behind. It was almost like they weren't expecting. It was almost, a, you know, it was, it was New England against Atlanta esque yeah, in was, the way yeah. that they did it. Nobody expected it to happen, and, and then all of a sudden it happened, and they were caught up in the emotion of it. I just wonder whether or not, you know, it, it's going to be what. It'll be three years minimum since two has been in a close game, yeah. you know, and we take out the anomaly of the national championship game for the reason... Because like because that, the national championship game was almost no time to think, Yeah, just no time to, to, to get ready for the idea of being in the game. You're in the game, let's see what you do with it. Um, yeah, I mean, before, before LSU played Georgia, I said that at some point in this game, Georgia are going to get punched in the mouth, and how they react will tell us about the game Georgia reacted badly really badly and they, they come in in a similar situation if LSU had Devin White in the whole game I, I would probably no I don't think I would. I would I would lean potentially towards picking LSU having him miss the first half is brutal it really is brutal for LSU and I just I, I feel like it's insurmountable because he might be the best player on either team on both teams who's this? Devin White yeah although yeah I mean that's it's such a huge loss. It's such a huge loss. Yeah, because you look at the, you know you look at how well Max you look at Mac Wilson, the middle linebacker, and controlling everything for Alabama. You look at what Devin White does for LSU. I think that'll be huge. What, what I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting because obviously defensively, uh, Tua won't have played against a corner like Greedy Williams, yeah. who'll be a top five pick in the draft next year. He won't have played against a safety like Grant Delpit. He will in practice with Deontay Thompson but you won't have played it in a game situation. You've got two free safeties who could really have a huge impact on this game. Um, and the short-range passing of Joe Burrow, the, the game management of Joe Burrow, might be something that takes Deontay Thompson out of the game, uh, uh, whereas Delpit and Williams, with the longer-range passing that Tua does, you know, I don't think Tua's not going to be able to find Henry Ruggs and, uh, and Jerry Judy deep down the field, running four and five yards open against Greedy Williams. Uh, yeah, and I mean, we, we focus so much on tour, and rightly so, in this season. But this Alabama defence looks more gettable than any I can remember. Um, 
the only reason I have so much faith in Bama in this is is I feel like Nick Saban against a limited a limited quarterback could can scheme it up in such yeah. a way with the talent on obviously in the defense that he makes life really difficult for them. Which is why I think your your Michigan point was so astute because they're a little bit more well balanced than than an LSU are. I mean, I, I think very much the, this game follows the same pattern as Georgia and Kentucky in that I think LSU have to keep it close, um, and I think that they, I think that in Nick Brossett and in um, uh, what's his name. Double barrel second name uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I think they're going to have to really control that defensive line, which is very tough to do against uh, you know Raquan Davis and Quinn and Williams uh, and those guys at Bama. Do you think they'll be able to do that? And do you think that if they can do that and that offensive line can control the clock, that LSU can win this game? Yeah, they can definitely win it. I mean, I don't think they will win it. I do think Alabama are going to. But the the other final thing I'd, I'd like to say is, you know, a big part of this game is atmosphere. Tua has played in a national championship game where the atmosphere was obviously awesome, but he has never played in this. I mean, this is. I mean, this will be. This is a hundred thousand people burn for your blood atmosphere. This isn't neutral site, big championship game. Admittedly, big pressure, but this is insane atmosphere, and you might have a situation in the game where the chips are down. So, we have done the top twenty-five. Let's have a very, very brief look at some of the other games that we haven't um, that we haven't talked about, and maybe some that we have. Clemson played Louisville this weekend, obviously available on the ESPN player. Nebraska Ohio State would have been a you know a barn burner of a game at the start of the season. We'd have thought about because we, we'd have thought Scott Frost Cornhuskers would have been doing much better than they were. Similarly with Auburn Texas A and M, you would have thought that would have been yeah. a really high ranking SEC game, and, uh, and kudos to Texas A and M, but Auburn have fallen off a cliff. You know, lots to m- not to like there. That also will be on ESPN Player in the in the early window. A um, couple of other interesting games to talk about. Maybe I, I quite like the. You know, we talked about Georgia, Kentucky. We talked about West Virginia, Texas. Iowa, Purdue is a really interesting game for the reasons that we discussed earlier on with Purdue. Um, they'll be at home. The Jeff Brown factor. What they did to Ohio State. A and what's that simply for one of the best young wide right. receivers I've ever seen? Absolutely, he is. He is a very very special player, isn't he? Um, and not, I don't want to say single-handedly because that, that Purdue defence was superb in the victory against Ohio State but um, you know he had a massive night didn't he against uh, against the uh, against the Buckeyes um, Ronell um, Rondell Moore Rondell Moore uh, Penn State Michigan obviously a game that we will be at very excited about that that will be um, that will be interesting the one other game that I, I'm keen to talk about just very briefly Utah against Arizona State we, we bigged up Arizona State when they went 2-0 they, they, they went to 2-1 after that crazy another non-targeting call uh, bit of nonsense at the end of the game in which they lost in week three um, that should be a fascinating game shouldn't it uh, you know again one Arizona State got a really nice win at USC absolutely. last week yeah absolutely I mean that's a, that's another one that we're interested in I mean not as interested as we are in no in Michigan Oklahoma Texas Tech will be of interest as well oh, especially, yeah. especially this is an awesome week this uh, this might actually be the best week of college football so far the, the schedule is insane and nobody wants to go to Lubbock and play uh, you know against the Red Raiders that yeah. will be a um, that will be a fascinating game thank you for listening uh, let me tell you where you can uh, essentially download everything that you need uh, to keep entirely across uh, your college football output from uh, from the start of um, from the start of Saturday, really, uh, and it kicks off with College Game Day, doesn't it, Matt? And, and College Game Day, briefly for those people that don't know, is, is a I mean, we have it in, in the UK national institutions. It is a national institution, isn't it? It's awesome. I mean, it's it's 
it's everything that college football is all about, which is, you know, ESPN take the take the trucks to the the site of the biggest game of the week. So they'll be in Baton Rouge this week, and it's a an awesome three and a half four hour pre game show ahead of all the action. Awesome storylines, really good personalities. I mean, I think Herb Street's great. Lee Corso is. Rich Davis is a great host. He's like the college football version of uh, of Rich Eisen. He's great, and, and Desmond Howard, who you can read in uh, this month's Gridiron magazine. Upcoming, yeah. Uh, who's done a, a, an interview with us about uh, Colorado wide receiver Leviska Chenault. Anyway, you can get more than seven hundred games this season live and on demand, plus three channels. In fact, next year it'll be four. I think. I think they're releasing uh, an ACC channel into uh, ESPN Play. So ESPNU, the SEC Network and the Longhorn Network, you also get access to the, an incredible range of documentaries from the from the ESPN Films catalogue. The Oscar winning, uh, the, just the ridiculous Oscar winning OJ Simpson documentary, <laughs> but, you know, Roll Tide, War Eagle, Elway to Marino, all those great uh, ESPN 30 for 30 documentaries, Run Ricky Run, um, which is as eye-opening a documentary as you'll see. If that wasn't enough, when you sign up, you get a free seven-day trial. And if you're thinking of getting a seven-day trial, this would be the time to do it because, by God, it is a hell of a weekend. We shall be in the big house. Uh, check out our social medias at Gridiron, at Cy Clancy, at Matthew Sherry Editor, because we will be uh, posting pictures and talking about stuff if you're intrigued as to what the big house looks like. Um, we are also intrigued and very excited. We are about to, uh, it is uh, a quarter to nine on a, what looks like a chilly Chicago morning. We are out to go to Soldier Field. We're going to go to Wrigley. And then tomorrow we are setting off for Ann Arbor, where we will uh, go to the big house and then uh, hopefully hook up with uh, a certain coach, Jim Harbour. Thanks for listening. We shall be back next week. Goodbye. When you buy car or home insurance, you can choose a free gift with Confused.com rewards, like green flag breakdown cover, a £20 Domino's or Halford's voucher, or a Now TV pass, all for free. But, no but. Because that's what free means. No ifs, buts, or maybes. Don't be confused. Be Confused.com. Available on single annual policies, Now TV 18+, full T's and C's online.